Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The photo on your bulletin cover was taken on our labyrinth outside exactly one year ago. We weren't worshiping in the sanctuary yet, so we decided to be creative about how we would ordain and install new elders and deacons safely and meaningfully. We decided to connect ourselves symbolically around a cross with these ribbons representing the Holy Spirit. We made the decision to return to the sanctuary in June 2021. So today we get to ordain and install our elders and deacons here in this space, which we give thanks for. Though the question of needing to press pause again with the surge of the coronavirus right now is on the table. We might need to make that decision. Society is suffering, no surprise, from what psychologists call decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is the growing strain on a person's mental and physical well-being by having to make choices, small ones and large ones, choices that begin to weigh heavily upon us, like grocery shopping and what to eat for dinner and whether to shower or not, because where are we going? that we'd need to shower. And the more emotionally loaded a decision is, such as shall we meet in the sanctuary for worship, or is it safe for our choir to sing? Or shall we gather our children on the playground or in classrooms or not at all? The higher the level or the seriousness of the decision, the greater the toll the decision takes. Our entire church staff has, a, has had a front row seat to decision fatigue as we've attempted to make decisions, the right decisions for the congregation, pivoting week in and week out. We know you are tired. We are all tired. Nobody was equipped for the kind of choices we'd be making for our schools or workplaces or families or vacations or church activities. And I am beyond grateful that we are not alone in making these decisions, that God in God's wisdom has given us other people. As Moses' father-in-law Jethro said to him, you are not able to do it alone. You and these people with you will wear yourselves out because the task is too heavy for you. God gives us wisdom together to make the best decision possible at a particular time for a particular situation, 
knowing full well that no decision will satisfy everyone. Can I get an amen? We have become apprentices in the last two years, almost two years, learning to be flexible people and flexible leaders. Today's Exodus story is a hidden treasure. It's not one that's preached on often. It's not in the lectionary. But tucked right into this ancient biblical narrative is this instruction manual on how to develop a healthy system for leadership. Although an ancient story, it feels so relevant. So here's the setting. At this point in the story, the people of Israel have been released from 400 years in captivity in Egypt as slaves. And Moses is a fairly new leader, new to the role. God had called Moses away from shepherding sheep for his father-in-law Jethro for 40 years and had given, had given him these new sheep, this new flock, this new fold of disgruntled, exhausted, whiny people wandering in the desert. And Jethro, the father-in-law, is visiting. He's a non-Israelite. He's a Midian priest. And he's visiting and he takes notice of Moses' typical workday. Moses is with the people, the text says, from morning to night, listening to them and adjudicating their disputes. In my former church, we had a member who was from Ghana, and in his village in Ghana, he was a prince. And once a year, he would return to his village, and he said the people would immediately start lining up near the tree in the center of the village so that he could hear and adjudicate their cases. And the man said it was always arduous and exhausting work, which meant he only went back once a year. So Jethro names the problem with Moses, how Moses is handling the work, and the problem is Moses is handling all the work. And once uh, Jethro uh, has seen enough of this, he asks Moses, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? You and your people are going to burn out because we know if the leader's exhausted, the whole community will suffer. You cannot bear this heavy load alone, Jeff, Jethro says. The work is heavier than your capability. You're gifted, but not infinitely gifted. Moses' leadership style was no doubt going to end, uh, end, end up in burnout, which would eventually lead to his ineffectiveness that would lead to the community's instability. That was not exclusively an ancient world problem. Now, I'm not a big fan of talking about or in joining in this prevalent uh, conversation about self-care. The topic of self-care, in some ways, has become cliche to me. And the notion of self-care, according to Harvard Business Review, has become an $11 billion industry, especially, um, and much of it is based in technology, apps that have uh, helped us 
get, get well and get healthy and take care of ourselves. And it seems also to me that self-care has become work. Is it to you? Now, saying that, Jethro is concerned about Moses's, Moses being on the edge of complete and utter exhaustion. And the pandemic that we've been in has asked us some important questions. Are we willing not to live on the edge of exhaustion? Are we learning from this pandemic that we want to slow down, to minimize the stress in our lives? It's not too late to make commitments to do life differently than we did before March of 2020 because it's only January 9th. Jethro gives Moses a practical plan for preventing burnout, which does not require an app. His plan is what contemporary leadership gurus call shared leadership or distributive leadership. And its intention is to decrease the exhaustion of one by distributing responsibilities from the one to the many. Jethro tells Moses to put into place a structure that will sustain justice within the community and therefore keep the peace. The famous preacher and civil rights leader, William Sloan Coffin Jr. said, it's one thing to say with the prophet Amos, let justice roll down like mighty waters and quite another to work out the irrigation system. So Jethro here is helping Moses work out an irrigation system for God's justice to roll down to the last person in the community. Jethro tells Moses to choose men. Now remember, this is ancient Israel and an ancient text, so we can safely say all people. To choose people who will be judges or leaders over groups of different sizes and perhaps according to their capability. We're not sure. But he says over groups of a thousand, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And what are the qualifications he gives for these leaders? He says the person needs to be capable, skilled, God-fearing, trustworthy, haters of injustice. In other words, who can't be bought off or unjust gain. And I'd like to add two more qualities, flexible and calm. Once Moses appoints the leaders, Jethro says, now you have to teach them. You have to instruct them. You have to equip them for the work. Empower your leaders. Trust them. Don't control them. Set them loose. This way you'll be freed up to focus on the work of God has for you to do. Moses humbly submits to Jethro's advice, which reveals his character. And the amazing thing, really, is that he's listening to his father-in-law. I mean, let's be honest. Moses models listening to the wisdom of another person, someone more mature, even someone from the outside of his community. A leader, a healthy leader, is able to receive new vision and new ideas. If Jethro taught Moses anything, it was that God's community 
was to work as a whole, to bear burdens together. Delegation is necessary, is essential for healthy leadership. Delegation can be applied to parenting or to your job as a supervisor, calling the right person for the job, equipping them for it. It's the only way to increase the growth of an organization, the health of an organization, the capacity to develop future leaders. Empowering children, we know, to learn new skills and to take on responsibilities encourages confidence in them that they offer their own unique gifts for the good of the whole. The Presbyterian system is set up like the one Jethro outlined eons ago. We have elders and deacons today who will be blessed, set apart as overseers, discerning the will of God for this congregation and our work in the world. For 120 years, this church has been calling people of faith to make decisions on matters small, medium, and large. And it sounds like a heavy lift, and it is, to be sure. But may we take heed of Jethro's wisdom. You are not able to do it alone. Therefore, we won't. He says, you will wear yourselves out. Therefore, we will rest and trust that this work is God's work, not ours. And Jethro said, the task is too heavy. Indeed it is. So we will bear the burden together. So be it. <laughs>